0: let your voice be heard right here on WHCR 923 FM the voice of Harlem.
1: Biana, it's so hot, but Jackie, it is not hey. hot, hot, hot. hot. Ooh, oh, shots, by, shots I got you an iced
2: coffee and everything this morning, and you're just <laughs> going to start get off by disrespecting me? How Boy, dare you?
1: How not dare me? What do you mean? I got
2: you an iced coffee with oat, with milk. oat milk in it.
1: It's so good. Yeah, what it's so what are, good. are you, like I some hippie, you, Stanley? Sister. Yes, I am. Oat
2: milk is, first of all, like, let's all be Bougie. real. Like, We're not supposed to be, milk is gross, yeah. Yeah. and it's like
3: bad for your belly
1: yeah oh very bad yeah when i drink regular milk i can guarantee you later on my stomach will be going (laughs) (laughs) not
3: to not to jump the gun on later's conversation but isn't there like a whole white supremacist thing about milk like those crazy white supremacists outside the met club were like chugging milk 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 because it think they think that it makes them superior to people because of their genes or something that's like a real thing because
1: you like the whites will some some sector of the whites were milk farmers, so their bodies have learned how to metabolize. No, seriously, this is like a real thing. Their bodies oh, yes. have learned how to metabolize milk, whereas the rest of the world cannot. So... At some point or another, you become lactose intolerant because you really should not be drinking milk from another animal.
0: It's really... You're not. And speaking of drinking milk from (laughs) another animal, that's (laughs) why I had the best vegan ice cream last night. I Uh. literally
2: can't believe we're talking about this. (laughs) My my, my girlfriend is watching this,
3: and I'm sure she's loving this conversation. Wait, you
2: had vegan ice cream from where? so good. Enlightened? enlightened it's is it is it the coconut
0: one i oh, had, I the, had the coconut one it was chocolate i had the coffee chip it was mm. so good and i, I t- it was so good i tweeted them
1: <laughs> i am fully broken up with dairy so i cannot even play with vegan ice cream why it's then made I'm, of nuts then um, you know what? I'm not really a having nuts in my mouth. You know? <laughs> I don't want a mouth full of nuts. Play, stupid. Selena. That's
3: that's <laughs> homophobic. Yeah. Selena yeah.
1: saying pause is homophobic. Me saying I don't want nuts in my mouth is not. It's, don't yuck my yum.
3: Well, All right. well, anyway. Where are we going? Guys? Anyway, what, what, a, what, are, what are you saying delicious. about men that do <laughs> like nuts in their mouth? I mean, enjoy it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, yeah, right. No, actually, you had a really good article about that that this week. I appreciated that, Stanley. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Thank you, guys. In case you have not done so already, please check out Let's Not Be Trash, where I say Dwayne Wade is my new favorite player. Not for anything he's done on the court, but for everything he's doing for his 11-year-old son, who seems to be coming out of the closet. Um, really appreciative of Dwayne Wade showing love and support to his kid. I was actually listening to the read and they were talking about it. They were like, could you imagine what our lives would be like if our parents would have reacted the same way? Because both Mm. Crystal and, um, and, um, both gay and both their parents are very religious and they did not have such positive reactions when they came out. It's still a point of contention for most of them. So, I just thought that, like, what Dwayne was doing was awesome. Yeah. So sorry for going on a tangent. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, but you did have a great article on Let's not Be trash.com. So people should definitely check that out. I gave you some feedback. You did not respond, and you ignored my comments. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave some
2: constructive criticism, too. In so the it could have been that much better,
0: but, you know, yeah, did you it was, was did fine. You but Stanley, I sent you so many messages about that article. Nonetheless, welcome everyone oh, to man. Let Your Good Voice. Good morning. Yard. I guess
1: I pissed somebody off. Mm. Good morning.
0: Happy Sunday. No, you just had a, bl- a glaring era in the headline you misspelled basketball and i was just like whoa (gasps) yeah so that was the only part okay yeah. that was like you may want to i made it that. two
1: words instead of one yeah that was
0: a little annoying <laughs> um but anyway guys welcome to let your voice be heard of course this is where we talk politics social issues pop culture we do that from a very diverse multicultural perspective my name is selena hill i am super happy to be back i haven't been here in two weeks i have not been in new york for the last two weeks so but you're in but the I'm virgin
1: back. islands why would you have to be back when you're in the virgin islands No, i, missed I the saw show. your hotel Seriously?
3: i know your hotel looked. yo are you you why? Crazy? All right. Next time, here. when you you want to come back, you just let me know, and and we'll we'll like yeah.
2: tag team, and I'll jump in. Yeah. The ring. Next time, just bring us with you. We can find some reason to I to would, be there. We'll, we're your assistants. Yeah. Oh, no, I would love by it. By
1: the way, I have gifts for you that may or may not be good gifts. Um, <laughs> hear me out.
2: We know all about not good gifts. No, no, no. That's so, so <laughs> like why right, we got here. him the candle. So yeah.
1: here's the thing: a nonprofit that I volunteer for. Um, a hotel in Cancun gave them a bunch of these discount cards where if you call them, you can get a five days, four nights at a hotel in Cancun for only a hundred bucks. So I have the cards, but I don't know if they're expired yet. So on top like of which,
3: scam. sometimes on these, you have to pay for all the fees and taxes and everything else. But, mm. you know, look, I think it's worth looking into um, yeah. in, in the meantime. Um, you want to tell us who you are? Oh, word. Who am I? So my name is...
0: I didn't even get to go. No one cares. Uh, I thought you just told us who you are. No, I didn't say my name.
3: All right. Ladies first.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Alyssa. I'm Miss Selena Hill on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Miss Selena Hill And shout out to everyone who is watching via Instagram Live. And Facebook Live. And Facebook Live, of course. Hey, guys. Sorry, Stanley.
1: You're not forgiven. So this is Stanley Fritz. This is your favorite engineer on the PC ones and twos. You can follow me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. Yo, I am Mixy on Twitter, but in a good way. Jackie, you never tweet me anymore.
2: You never tweet me anymore. I tweeted you. I tweeted you and and Jesus Miro. No, you
1: messaged that to me.
2: No, I tweeted you. Oh well, I I tweeted at them saying they should hire us. And I responded. To, work to for them, was, right. And
1: they, so I tweet you. The social media director liked it. But anyways, guys, you can yeah. also find me on Instagram at Stan Fritz, where I put up great stories. I worked from home on Friday, which means I didn't do any work. And I was Just watching. Just tell your
3: boss that. Whatever. <laughs> She's on vacation.
1: She's not listening. Anyways, um, I was watching the Mother Nature documentary. And then the birds in Brazil were twerking to get the other birds to have sex with uh, them, and it was amazing. And Jackie, you saw you saw the story, so you know I'm not lying. Right, right, right. And you can also <laughs> right, right. follow me on Snapchat, but I only go on Snapchat for two things: to look at people I like wow. and to like make fun of the filters. So it doesn't matter.
0: Mother mm-hmm. nature is so fascinating. <laughs> um,
3: Alyssa, it, it it is. You know, evolution. Um, you know, I'm not even gonna go there right because now because of the twerking.
0: Yes, like they're doing. Like, don't we do the same things? Maybe we got
1: it from the birds. Mm. uh, The last I checked, (laughs) we are just Mm. complex,
3: evolved animals. But, you know, I don't know how evolved we are, which I guess we can get into later on during the segment where we talk about how we legitimately still have people in this world that think other people are inferior to them because of the color of their skin. In any event, my name is Alyssa Fuchs. I am your civil rights lawyer slash political correspondent slash legal correspondent slash pain in the butt. And you can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Alyssa. Alyssa Fuchs, or uh, on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs, or on Instagram Alyssa dot and that is I L Y S S A F U C H S. If you're nasty, um, and yeah, I say all those uh, legal things, and and I have a fancy new office that has a really good view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to put that out there. On the Hashtag, moving on up. <laughs> Hashtag moving on up.
2: Um, and hello, I'm Jackie Cohen. Happy to be back in the studio. Uh, you can follow me. On Twitter at Jackie Cohen. I spell that J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. It's so nice to be here. It's beautiful outside. It's sort it of like a shame that we're indoors right now. I wish we could take this whole operation outside, although that probably would not sound too nice. Um, but Yeah, it might be better to be in a, sound yeah, booth, a yeah, soundproof yeah. booth we yeah. a recording. But
0: yeah, no, the weather is beautiful and we have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about Kyle Cover's piece. It's called Privileged and he wrote it in the Players Tribune. So we're going to be talking about white privilege, white supremacy and racism and what happens when our allies start talking about that. And then going into depth on what it means to be an ally. So we have a great conversation uh, coming up. And of course, we're also going to be talking about Nipsey Hussle. We know that he was laid to rest. There was a huge celebration of life. I was able to actually watched that live from my plane Um like the first
2: plane that I was on not the, the water not plane the that plane. landed on the no. oh my wow. god did you see I her can't. face on the,
1: on the sea plane she was like uh, did you
2: see my face watching the video I wasn't even there and I was like sweating yeah sea planes are not that fun Uh, my worst nightmare not that
0: fun yeah so we have a great show lined up guys and of course if you can let your voice be heard if you're watching via facebook live please leave us comments and if you want to call in the number is 212-650-6903 all right we're going on a quick break but don't go anywhere when we come back it's time to let your voice be heard
1: okay that's the show isn't it
3: Get some whiskey. Wait, wait, with are, you, um, are you uh a Billy Ray Cyrus today? Oh. You fill yeah. it in?
1: Hmm, yo, we should play that song, shouldn't we? We should. Yo, so we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, are the voice of Harlem. And if you were just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here. We got a packed house. Yo, the last time we had all four of us on the show at the same time was in 2014.
2: Stop <laughs> like a
3: month ago, relax. Yeah, it's like, literally. Stanley,
1: ago. Jackie, Alyssa, Selena. Only people we're missing is Mike Racioppo and Patricia Valoy.
3: (laughs) Shout out to our old correspondents.
1: Word, word, word. But anyways, guys, we are here because it's time for the news roundup. Things that made you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or just sound interesting. (laughs) So that means Barleen, Darren. Dara, if you guys are still watching the show and have not tuned away just yet, give us your favorite news stories. Leave us a comment. And if you are listening on the FM frequency, give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that's 212-650-6903. And of course, my podcast people, I appreciate you. You can always leave a comment on the SoundCloud or the Spotify or the iTunes or the Stitcher or the Pandora. Damn, we're everywhere now. Aren't and and
3: we? if you really, I don't really want, want, to want it. Pandora, yes, Stanley. Yeah, yeah. We're, pending, we're, pending Pandora. Pending. Right? But if you really want to leave a comment, you could do it in the form of money. <laughs> by donating to us <laughs> <laughs> by going to uh, l- uh, patreon.com slash be radio and we did post a link to that in our comments yeah so
0: yeah we uh before we went on break i talked about uh, nipsey hustle who was laid to rest god bless his soul he had a beautiful going home ceremony everyone was there he had a 25 mile funeral procession wow um but unfortunately at that procession Four people were shot. What? Uh, Yeah, four people were shot and one person died. Oh, my God. Uh, So shots rang out. Um, I was able to watch a, a large part of it um, it was very sad you know Nipsey's sister definitely had me in tears um, you know Lauren London gave a very powerful speech so did mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg um, Stanley did you have any I mean well I know that we spent the whole show last week talking yeah. about Nipsey Hustle his legacy and what that meant I wasn't here but of course I heard the show did you have any you know thoughts about the, the y- funeral going y- home yeah
1: listen Nipsey was a rapper that I really respected that I listened to his music that I know he worked on my piece of Justice League to throw a free concert in Cal- California nice. to help yeah. form the incarcerated people. I watched that funeral. You know, we had we had a conversation about this a couple of years ago. I mean, a couple of months ago. about Louis Farrakhan, who spoke at Nipsey's funeral, yep. and also the Nation of Islam helped to broker the gang truce that the Bloods and the Crips had that made in honor of Nipsey's death. And you know, so one is show just how powerful Nipsey was that he they could broker a, a, a gang truce. So there's no violence happening right now between the gangs in honor of Nipsey. But then also, like, one of the reasons that someone like Louis Sparrakhan can still exist in our communities, because, like, he's in there in those spaces that no one else wants to go in. And I thought that was pretty interesting. But also, why is it that he's the only one That's in those spaces. We've got to get new people in those spaces. Mm Yeah, seriously.
3: I mean, especially we've had the conversation a couple of months back about just how problematic he is. And so it is an unfortunate situation where he has to be the one in that space. And it would be like nice to have somebody like Stanley, for example, um, you know, who does not have problems in terms of anti Semitism and homophobia that has the same kind of pull to be able to broker those kinds of spaces. And, you know, I think that's really what we should be shooting for as a younger generation, um, you know, is is to sort of sort. that out, because otherwise we're going to continue to have conflicts because of the fact that, like, intersectionality is hard. Yeah, yeah. that can is. I, can yes, I bring sir. up
1: another story? So, as you guys know, the reason Nipsey was at his store that morning was because a friend of his had just got out of jail after spending 20 years there, and Nipsey went to make sure he had some, he looked good, he wasn't in his prison clothes when yeah. he went to go see his family. That friend was also shot. Well, the LAPD has arrested him for violating his parole. He is also a cripple now because of the gunshot wounds, and is currently locked up in the same jail that Eric Holder, the man and that shot Nipsey Hussle is in
2: also well, cripple is a is an offensive term Ooh, and you crap, should say sorry. has become
1: disabled has become disabled sorry to my how Hold on.
3: how did he violate his parole
1: because he was hanging around a known gang member i.e. Nipsey
3: Nipsey, right wow just yet to jump in on that it is an interesting thing because it's a thing that we talk about a lot in terms of criminal justice reform and the way in which the system really controls people for a long time and and so one of those things is that by having a condition of somebody's parole that they cannot be around other other convicted felons creates a situation where a lot of people are not able to find stable housing mm-hmm. or stable jobs because for example some places that hire a lot of formerly incarcerated people have a lot of formerly incarcerated people at working there and so it's hard to have more than one person or to hire somebody who's on parole it's hard for somebody to be able to find housing when there's other people living in low-income housing that are either on parole or are formerly convicted and so that really creates a dragnet where a lot of people are caught up Up in And and leads to a lot of homelessness and other issues of poverty within the communities, specifically of people that have been formerly incarcerated and are now out on parole. Um, Because at the end of the day, a lot of people don't realize parole is still jail. Like when you're on parole, you're still technically in jail. You're just like in jail on the outside. Mm -hmm. So you do not have the same freedoms that somebody has when they actually complete their sentence. Um, But... You know, I, 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 I want. Do you want to jump in there? Because I was going to use that to switch gears. Yeah, sure, um, Speaking of arrests, uh, Julian Assange was arrested this week in London. Yeah. Um, the Ecuadorian government finally said that they had had enough, that they were no longer going to continue to grant him asylum or temporary Ecuadorian citizenship. And as soon as that happened, they threw him out of the embassy and he was immediately arrested. And now he is wanted in several countries. Um, the Swedes want him because of uh, sexual assault and rape allegations. Damn. Uh, he's wanted in. In Britain, I believe, uh, specifically for certain leaks that have happened there. And of course, he's wanted by the U.S. government for uh, publishing lots of documents that were leaked by Chelsea Manning um, about the Iraq and Afghanistan war. So it, it's going to be really interesting. There was a good article in The New York Times to speak about just how long and difficult it would be to try and extradite him. Uh, because of, like, legal protections. But, it you know, it's also raised a lot of questions about journalism and whether or not what he was doing was actually journalism or whether it was criminal.
0: Yeah, and Jackie, I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that because, you know, just, just me as a journalist... I kind of think like the Constitution protected everything that he did mm-hmm. um, even though a lot of people say it was treasonous it was espionage because he was leaking government documents and in turn he leaked all those democratic emails which helped Trump win so it's a double-edged sword yeah and
2: I, I do think though that like people want to blame him people are always looking for the one person they can blame for Trump and not looking and you know this kind of gets into the uh, conversation we're gonna have in a little bit about allyship like they're looking for a person to blame and they're you know we're always looking for villains and heroes and not looking within ourselves and you know the fact that um, Trump won was no one person's fault it wasn't Julian Assange's fault for leaking emails it was the fact that there's you know a a right an extreme right wing rising in this country Um, so and I don't you know it's it's, it's a tough one I mean what do you think as a journalist I mean do you think it was the right thing to do
0: I mean I don't like. I said I, it's almost comparable to what the Pentagon Papers, the Panama, Panama Panama Papers, like other things that have happened in history, where we found out that the government was somehow tied into corruption. And let's also remember that Barack Obama and his administration they did not move forward on indicting Julian Assange. That's they right. said he was protected, and it was President Trump who praised him and WikiLeaks. Uh, and now it's his administration that's also uh, preparing to. Protest prosecute.
1: prosecute him so i want to say julian assange deserves to go to prison
0: really Uh, Stanley? yeah
1: so there's a difference between leaking information and making sure folks have it which the new york times does which washington post does but what they'll at least do is a fact check stuff and be at least make the effort to scratch out information that could put someone's life in danger the human rights association begged julian assange not to put the names of the afghanistan interpreters into this report Mm -hmm. So, Because if you did, dead lives would be in danger. He didn't listen. They all died. Oh, my God. So, like, this guy has blood on his hands. I do agree with Jackie that, you know, the um, WikiLeaks wasn't the number one reason that Donald Trump won the election. I would actually make the argument that whiteness is the reason that Donald Trump won the election and that white people realizing that they are becoming the minority. And this is a reaction of what happens when you start to challenge someone's power. They start to revolt. But, you know, as far as Assange goes, I think he does deserve some jail time if prison time, actually, if if for nothing else, for the the role he played in those people dying. And, you
0: know, speaking of speaking out against freedom, before we go to break quickly, I wanted to address Congresswoman Ilhan Omar's comments, uh, we know that there's a viral clip going around of her talking about 9-11 where she says something to the effect of some people did something and what the right has done is they have turned Mm -hmm. her comments around and used it as if she's being completely dismissive towards 9-11 those attacks and the victims and Donald Trump tweeted out that video, this right-wing propaganda and again Ilhan Omar is uh, under attack and her life is being threatened.
1: Could I just expand on what she said? She Please. said some people did some things and because of that, now all Muslims are under attack. Right. So it's not just a matter of you walking and seeing someone who might mean harm to you, and like trying to show them you're good, but it's also saying like, why do you feel this way? But
3: like, where was the lie in that? Yeah, some people so, did yeah, do things, and now all Muslims yeah. are under attack right. because of some people that did these things. And
1: I'll, I'll be sure to post the the link, the quick um 47 second link of what she said in the Facebook chat for folks that care, and I'll also put it in the um in the show notes for those of you who listen on podcast. But that, there's nothing wrong with that, but what I really want to talk about here. Oh, sorry, you want to say something? No, it's here?
2: just that the fact that it, it is so unbelievable. I mean, it's believable in 2019, but it's. It, I just want to take a moment to really recognize how wild it is that this was a video that was sort of edited in a way to sort of misconstrue what she what she meant, and it was tweeted out by conspiracy theorists, and then the president of the United States retweeted it, right, to endorse to endorse the message. So this is yeah. like a conspiracy. Theorist sort of video that the president of the United States is throwing his weight behind.
1: I want to say where where was the energy that folks had when they wanted to sanction her, when they wanted to sanction her or censor her? Yeah, where where are those folks? Where where is all that energy at? Because I've seen a lot of half like half mark statements coming from Nancy Pelosi's office who won't even mention Elon Omar's name. I forgot the right, presidential right, right. Um, candidate who was is a horrible boss, um, Amy Colbacher I think it is. Yeah. Where Amy she Kolbuchar. kinda like was like, Well, you have a right to be worried about is
2: Every but, like, everybody was against her, right? And yeah. every and it, it as I will say, as a Jew, it infuriates me that people are, are people on the left and the right are looking at her as if she is anti-Semitic, right? And they're Mm -hmm. looking to attack her. I mean, she's a woman of color. She's a Muslim woman. They're looking to vilify her when really there are much bigger, you know, like I, I don't, She's not an anti-Semite, and people are are you know condemning her as yeah. one, and yet there's real anti-Semitism that exists in the world that people are simply ignoring because you know they want
3: to vilify Ilan Omar. And not yeah. for nothing, there's a huge double standard here because people like Stephen King from Iowa can say the most racist, problematic things like that. One, you know, he made comment about the the cantaloupes and the <laughs> legs. You remember that? That was like two years ago. Then he like praised white supremacists on Twitter and. And radio silence. So you know we also have to look at what's going on here because when a white man who's a Republican says problematic things, everybody sort of like shrugs their shoulders and is like, oh, "When the okay. president of the United
2: States is True. saying that they're that they're good Nazis in this country, and yet the the you know threat to Jewish people in the United States is Ilan Omar is outrageous. Absolutely, outrageous.
3: absolutely. Before we go to break, we just had a few quick comments about the stories we were talking about. Um, uh, so um, sorry on. Facebook. Uh, on Facebook. Alex Turner says RIP NIP. Um, uh, Shaniqua Charles says parole needs to be abolished. uh, um, And Darren Max having a conversation with somebody else about this peace rally that's going on so we'll just give you a little bit of oh. information about that um, there's going to be a peace rally uh, on the concourse today um, at noon it's uh, I think Stanley pointing at me and he means yeah. he has the details for you
1: yeah so um, rapper and activist Mike Lennon is holding a peace rally in the Bronx right. in the same place you talked about it's starting at 161st in Grand Concourse I think it is mm-hmm. and they're going to be marching playing Nipsey Hustle's music and marching for it to put an end to violence on the community if you are free please go there it's in the bronx please support if you are not free i'm sure justice league nyc will definitely have a live stream so you can watch that march Uh, If I wasn't here doing a show, I'd probably be in the Bronx with them right now.
0: Nice. All right, guys. And on that note, we do have to take another quick break. But don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're talking about our white allies, progressives, all allies in this fight for social justice and equality. And again, that viral article that Kyle Cover wrote about it. So don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. I think I
1: know the way. Start to control the We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, I'm here with Selena Hill, Jackie Cohen, and of course, Alyssa Fuchs. Let's just take a moment to pause and realize that before Billy Ray Cyrus jumped on this track, when the Country Music Association heard that 808, they said, this Negro's gotta go. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Old Town Road, the littest of the lits of the songs right now, even though I don't like the little kid music. Selena?
0: Well, thank you for that, Stanley. And guys, if you want to continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, please do so on our Patreon account. That's Be Heard. That's Patreon slash Be Heard Radio. And of course, if you support us financially, we can continue to put on these amazing productions, right? So, um, yeah, I'm actually happy that Stanley uh, played that song a little bit. Uh, Speaking of. What? Go ahead. No, I was
1: going to say, when you when all you guys were gone a couple weeks ago, and I had Alex and um, Sharon here from Two Chicks, One Guy podcast, they looked at me like I was crazy. They d- really? Because the song hadn't blown up yet, and I had right, heard right, it, right, because, you know, right. you know, I'm always <laughs> looking for music. Yeah, you're always so on it. So they thought I was stuff. crazy. Yeah. And then that that Friday, Billy Ray Cyrus hopped in a remix, and now, look at me, King. You, <laughs> you knew
0: it, Stanley. Mm-hmm. You knew it. Okay, so um, Utah jazz player called Corvor. <laughs> Recently <laughs> published a piece in the Players <laughs> Tribune Cushot, Cushot. entitled <laughs> Camilla,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> entitled Privilege where he opens up about his experiences as a white player in the NBA, which is comprised of over 75% of men of color. Now, in the piece, he talks about how he's gained insight and perspective on racism and his own white privilege. For example, he talked about the importance of educate, educating himself, listening, and supporting racial-justed-minded leaders. He also talks about how white people— should get out of the way in order to amplify the voices of people of color he goes on to uh, commit to holding fellow white men accountable he says uh stating that there and i quote inaction can create a safe space for toxic behavior end quote and after the piece was published it was covered in a lot of mainstream media outlets i'm talking the new york times cnn espn sports illustrated the nation the guardian etc so in today's episode of let your voice be heard we want to talk about the very important role that white progressives like kyle play in the fight for social justice and equality, and what it really means to be an ally so i want to start this conversation off by Asking the panel, what was your reaction to Kyle's piece? And I really want to unpack the ideas behind it. Now, Stanley, you were the one who brought this article to my attention. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction to it?
1: I'm pretty jaded when I see a white ally write a piece about being a white ally <laughs> because usually it's like I care so much and I wanna support my sisters and brothers, even though I don't talk to my racist uncle, aunt or police officer, father about the Negro problem. Um so I came in expecting to just be annoyed and just dismissive of the article but i think what kyle kyle corver did is what at least i'm trying to do when i when i when i work towards being an ally for women is acknowledging that yo no matter how much of an ally you think you are there is always work to be done you always need to be checking yourself and it's really easy for you to kind of like fall back and not have to worry about this and you need to understand that when like people are reacting to things and going through pieces because but your ability to do that sometimes gives you blind spots that you don't even know you have. So I, I walked away from it, and it was a longer piece. I felt really good, which, you know, as someone who's just jaded about this stuff now, it I was a good moment.
2: Uh, Jackie? Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way. I think w- the exactly what Stanley said, the part that I... I respected about the piece the most. And you know, there's a lot of sort of think pieces like this about that penned by white people that are sort of like, here's how woke I am. right? Right. And that's not what this was. It was a recognition of his own biases that he's held, right. His own behavior, his own thinking about things and sort of looking at his teammates and friends and saying, why am, why do I hold these biases to begin with? Right. And if I feel this way, you know, I, I can't or if I've like had these beliefs that were wrong, right, mm-hmm. wh- how do I correct that? Right. And so he called for more education. And I think that it's it's important because there the way that like we talk to each other now is like so in absolutes, right? Everyone's like, no, I am this way and I was always this way and you're right and you're wrong and there's no sort of space for nuance. And I think what was so great about this piece was that he was saying, look, I've had problematic beliefs, right? I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. I need to do better. And that's what I'm constantly going to do and know that about me, know that this is important to me and I'm constantly going to be seeking more information to educate myself, to do better. And, you know, that's not, that doesn't come with like a cutoff point right like you're you're always going to have to work harder
3: Yeah, no, I mean, look, so I actually, the the way I I heard about the article is one of my clients emailed it to me um, and did not say anything in the email, just sent the link. And when I opened up the email from this client, a a person of color who I'm currently representing in a lawsuit against the police department for being falsely arrested, um, and I open up the the email and I see this link and I'm like, ooh, what's this? So I click on it and as first I start reading the article and I'm kind of like, you know, like, what's this about? because. Side note, and hate me about this, but I I don't watch basketball, so I'm not really, like, into the whole basketball thing. So when I first opened it up, I sort of, like, see this article about basketball, and I'm kind of a little bit confused. Like, why is my client sending me this article about basketball? I always thought it had been a mistake, Um, but then I started to read it, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, I understand why my... My uh, client is sending me this article. Obviously, my client thought that it was important enough that me as a civil rights attorney um, know that this article was out there. And I think part of that has to do with the circumstances under which he was falsely arrested. But without getting into that, because, of course, I can't. I nonetheless then began to read the article and I thought that it was a really good piece. Um, I thought it was timely. The, uh, the same thing you guys said, I don't think it was one of those like, I'm your white savior, and so this is why I need to write this article. Um, but I also thought that there was some parts of the article, um, and I think I, I sort of came to this later on after I had read the article a second time and talked to my girlfriend about it, that that missed the mark. Um, not for a bad reason, but I think like these these issues aren't mutually exclusive. Like There's subtle white racism um, and There's also explicit violent racism in the streets, and I think that's the one thing that the article didn't go far enough in touching on, is he talked a lot about the subtle racism and about, you know, not talking to your problematic white friends and allies, but, like, we also need to realize that, like, the fact that we have white supremacists marching in our streets and a president that backs that is also part of the problem. Um, So... You know, I'll obviously give you more thoughts on that as we go along, but I did want to read you some comments we're getting. Dara Kalima says, that's my friend's cousin. Great article, but it needed more action items. Mm. Um, And Bianca says, I got to read it. The NBA is transformational. So if any time they can enact action or if anyone can enact action, it would be through the NBA.
0: Well, I'll say this and not to just throw cold water and everything like One thing about Kyle's article, it got more coverage than anything written by a person of color on this subject ever would or ever did. And I think many black folks felt like, yeah, Kyle, like, you know, we're happy he wrote it, but he didn't write the article for us. Mm -hmm. We've always had an understanding of how white supremacy and privilege works. And I don't know if Stanley felt like this, but this is how I felt as a person of color. And even though I don't want to downplay the significance of Kyle's journey and this piece, Essentially, he's just repeating the same ideas we've seen and heard countless people of color do on the same topic, but just to less applause. And I will say this. It's also kind of disheartening that Kyle, who's 38 years old, who spent a large part of his life, working with people of color and even living in hubs where people of color like Chicago, like Atlanta, these metropolitan cities. And he went all of these years not understanding the basic uh, privilege that
3: being white gives you in society. I think that's that's a fair point. I think it's a fair point. I um,
1: want to just do two pieces. I actually think that this piece is good because he doesn't just talk about it. He draws a line, which is what I think is different. Because one of the things about being an ally is you can be an ally but then kinda of like slip behind when things get too crazy. He put a he put a bullseye on him. He's like, Know that this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Know this this is what I stand for. Know that these are my people. like this is what i want you to know me for so now those same people who be going after a black person they don't just see him as a collateral white guy they see him as oh he's one of them we have to go after him which i think is an important piece but i do just want to say something you are absolutely right about the fact that this got a lot of attention because he is a white man but i think for a different reason actually selena so yes black people write about this all the time i have written about this ad nauseum so has selena and others but it got so much attention because Despite all these white people who claim they are our allies, we don't see this a lot. We really don't. And that's the problem.
3: Well, you know, just two points on that, which is one, I I think that your p- point is completely fair. Um, and it is frustrating when people of color write articles about this and they don't get any traction. And then white people write articles about this and they do. However, at the same time, we're always talking about one of the ways in which to be an ally as a white person is to talk to your white friends, is to, you know, have conversations with them that are difficult. And I think that's part of what he was also trying to do here is like you pointed out, he wasn't writing this article for people of color to tell them about racism that they already know about. He was writing this article for white people that watch the NBA who that who like him and saying, if you're going to be a fan of the NBA, if you're going to say that you respect me and my teammates, then you also need to Realize that, like, I'm not gonna be on your side when it comes to subtle racism.
0: Stanley, quickly.
1: Yeah, I just want to go back to the subtle racism piece list. And you mentioned, like, there's also Nazis marching on the street. Well, the fact of the matter is that subtle racism that he's talking about is what creates a space for that. It's mm. because, like, you don't talk to your uncles, and we don't, and what I mean, I ain't got no white family, but you don't talk to your neighbors, and we do that subtle racism. And then once now black people start saying, you can't do that, they lash out. And that's when you see the marches on the street. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see the attacks on black people. And also, I don't think white people always understand the implications and dangers of subtle racism and what it can mean for my own safety as a black man who doesn't always feel safe walking in white spaces because that subtle racism can get me shot.
0: Right. And you know what? I'm glad that you... What, uh, brought up all of these points because, you know, I want to really talk about what a white ally looks like. Um, I know we have a comment and I know we're going to get Jackie to chime in.
3: Yeah, so we have two comments. Uh, Bianca says, subtle racism is very volatile. I'm glad that this perspective is highlighted in the piece. Um, Alex says, facts. And Dara says, that's indeed the frustrating part, Selena. Why don't black voices get elevated in this conversation? It's the same problem with quote unquote white fragility um, getting more attention than so you want to talk about race.
0: Yeah, great points. And I even remember uh, quickly when that white kappa uh he's the he's the famous one he wrote that piece in i think like the african-american harvard journal yeah. and he was talking about racism white supremacy and he got dragged on black twitter because they said um you know this was a space a journal that was made for black people and you taking up that article mm-hmm. essentially kicks out a black person so you know and that brings me to the next question what does a white ally look like because kyle he wrote about it he's being praised obviously he's a, an ally but the white kappa who did this same thing
2: but in a different outlet was dragged Jackie I think you know we talk a lot about like taking up space right and I think that's something Important. I mean, I I I don't know. I think everybody's looking for like what is, what are the characteristics, what's the checklist that I have to you know hold myself to to be a white ally, and I I don't know what that is. I can't say the here are all the steps that you need to take to be the perfect ally because I don't think there's such a thing as like the perfect ally, right? I do think though that you need to take a step back and listen, and that's really important. You know, I think. For to your point, Selena, like here you have this white man talking about race and talking about privilege and he's getting all this attention for it. And, you know, he's talking about and and all these accolades for it. Um, And he should be to Alyssa's point, like he should be calling out other white people and saying, this is how you do this. But it's important to take a step back and listen to people and not just assume that, you know, what their experiences are or how they're feeling about things. But sometimes you just need to shut up. And, and listen, right, and have hear people and have them tell you what they need to support them. You shouldn't just assume that you know that.
0: Alyssa, oh, quickly,
3: what, 10 seconds before break, what does an ally look like? I mean, I think Jackie's right. There is no checklist. An ally comes in many different forms. Part of that is listening. Part of that is, uh, is also taking action, whether that be in the form of um, something as simple as Having conversations with your white friends and white family members and having them understand their privilege and understand the way in which racism is systemic. Um, but, it, you know, and it also goes as far as like, you know, helping to act in those spaces like you know me I'm a civil rights attorney that's one thing that I do I'm involved with a lot of anti-racism stuff like I'm wearing a clothes Rikers t-shirt today but like that's not for everybody not everybody's a lawyer you have to like look at what your skills are and how you can use them to fight racism individually you know in in your own way
0: it's so funny you know when we speak about white allies and lawyers you know what comes to mind is Kim Kardashian (laughs) who is uh, studying to be a lawyer but she's actually been hailed as the princess of prison reform I mean is Kim Kardashian dashing an ally we're going to go on a quick break when we come back i want to talk about it
1: fake white allies fake fake white allies they say black lives matter then they go and call the cops
0: um that's fair yeah it's true we are back
3: barbecue becky
0: Not here. Uh, We are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We're talking about, you know, white allyship in the fight for social justice and equality. And before we went to break, I asked the question, is Kim Kardashian an ally? Um, We also got a comment coming in from New Enterprise on Instagram Live. He says, great forum discussion, inviting my Kappa bros to listen in. Thank you for that. Now, I say this, and I'm definitely going to get to Jackie, but I say this. Is Kim Kardashian an ally because... She is being called the princess of prison reform. We know that her advocacy helped the release of Centoya Brown, who was granted clemency after Kim enlisted a top-notch legal team to represent her case as a sex trafficking victim. Kim Kardashian also played a major role in freeing Alice Marie Johnson. She was the grandmother who was sentenced to life for a first-time nonviolent drug offense. She also helped free Matthew Charles, another black man, a former drug dealer turned model inmate. And Van Jones at the least credits her for helping to pass the First Step Act into law. So we just gave definitions of a white ally based on the definitions you gave, Jackie, as well as Alyssa, does Kim Kardashian fall into that? I
2: I would not say... I would never call her the princess of prison reform. First of all, there are <laughs> so many more people of color who have dedicated their lives to to prison reform and to changing the criminal justice system. And the fact, you know, Kim Kardashian has... A huge influence over pop culture, and so g- good that she's using it for good and not evil. But I would say that she also has a very problematic history, and you know a tendency to appropriate black culture. So I don't know that I would I would consider her. But you know I'm not going to tell but you. But no, can she be redeemed? Can, can you, you Kar- tell Kim Kardashian You tell.
3: Be that is not for me can to I decide. You g- tell me. Yeah, yeah. Can you can I, guys got to tell can us. I jump in. Sure.
2: Kim
1: Kardashian is not a, wi- a, a white ally. Kim Kardashian is someone who has literally made her entire fortune by stealing the culture and literally the bodies of black women and making money off of it. Kim Kardashian and her family actively go after and attack black women. Kim Kardashian and her family steal black culture and I say steal because they don't give credit and have been caught multiple times stealing fashion ideas from black women so so the fact that she's doing this thing which seems to me to be a pet project of hers does not make her a white ally now I have no respect for the Kardashian family at all And so, like, I don't want to go down that route, but I'll say this. I am happy that she is using some of her white supremacist average mediocre power for good. But so what? She's supposed to. And until she and her problematic husband who supports a white supremacist get their act together, she is an enemy to me. And just one more thought with Van Jones. This is the same person who went to a conservative conference and said that conservatives are winning on criminal justice reform. reform. This is a man who has clearly lost the plot. I don't take his word for anything.
2: Yeah. And I think to so your point, you made a great point, which is that she sort of like she gets to like opt in as like a hobby, as if it's like her, you know, for a while it was like Kim Kardashian emojis and now it's criminal justice reform and tomorrow might be something else. And, you know, it, and in the Kyle Corver piece, he talks about that a little bit, which I thought was a good point that, you know, the the definition of privilege that white people get to opt into these conversations right and that's i think something important for allies to understand that you get to just sort of opt into this and you can sort of opt out whenever you want right that is what privilege is for you know people of color don't get to opt in to conversations about race it's in your face
1: and get a pat in the back for it's like look look at this thing that i'm doing as a white person isn't this great look at my my great white person thing i don't get credit for being black and surviving white supremacy every single day i don't get credit for being black and having to deal with white people saying to me that I'm so articulate or that I speak well. I don't get credit for being black and not killing every single white person that passes my way when they assassinated and murdered all of our leaders and killed all of our ancestors and enslaved all our people and defunded our communities. I don't get credit for that. As an ally, the number one task to me is shutting the hell up and eating crap because you're someone who has had power for a long time and now has to learn how to step back and give someone else that power. And when you can't give them that power, use your power to empower them. So no, Kim Kardashian is not an ally. And any white person who smiled an extra long at a black person for a couple of seconds or is excited about a project that is now sexy on a national level is not a white ally. Most white people are trash. Then there are the white people who are trying to not be trash. And then there's Kim Kardashian, who's garbage.
3: <laughs> and on that note, we're just going to end the show because Stanley just summed yes. up everything else. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Thank you, Stanley. Um, look, yeah, I, I, I have no doubt that Kim Kardashian does these things to enrich herself the same way the president does things that he does to enrich himself. So I, I can't give her necessarily the credit to be and an ally. And, just I don't,
0: be- I don't, and I don't think that we necessarily <laughs> should, but do you think that wi- white allies can take missteps?
3: I, I mean, yeah, but that wasn't the question. The question was whether or not Kim Kardashian should have been considered a white ally. Um, and, and I just, yeah, in any event, there's, there's plenty of other people out there, both people of color, as Stanley pointed out, and white people that are doing much, much, much more work and not necessarily looking to to get credit for it on the front page of people magazine so um you know just going back to the point before because we have some comments that came in alex turner says the ally checklist should be love empathy courage understanding and action uh dara kalima says making space for people of color advocating for them mentoring and sponsoring them in workplaces marching listening doing the research paying people of color for their labor in teaching them um and uh and and uh, priscilla says tell it stanley
0: Well, um, on that note, I do want to say that there are some things that I think white allies don't always get or understand. Um, and, And one of the things that Kyle really points out is about listening. Right. He did come to this point of realization, but I think there are certain like allies who have been in the movement um, for so long that they think that they reach a point where they completely understand the struggle and they they forget that they have blind spots. You're not going to understand every single issue that is nuanced and deeply enrooted. You're not going to understand why someone like Stanley, who is woke and, you know, a a feminist and you know uh, you know an ally and other even to like the jewish community but why he may support louis farrakhan on certain things and why he talks about that because it's deeper and i think like the hurt and the pain of particularly the black and brown community is so deep that sometimes like we're still struggling ourselves and i think that for when it comes to those issues it's time for our allies to be like you know what i don't get this i don't probably support it but i also I can't really understand what you're saying because I don't have that same lived experience. So I just wanted to just point that, um, just bring that point up in particular.
2: And I think that's like how you be a good friend and and a good ally, but like a good ally, but also a good friend to someone, right? Like you don't, no one's going to understand everybody else's experiences in life and and people go through difficult things and you don't have to go through the same thing that they've gone through to understand that they've experienced a tremendous hardship or to understand that it was maybe very traumatic for them and to have empathy right and it's important to hear what people are saying and not think to yourself oh well was it really that bad or well, you know i don't get it trust that when people are telling you their li- lived experience that you know, if they're really going through something, you maybe don't have to have experience it yourself, but you can understand as a human being that it was difficult or traumatic for them and then, you know, be there to support that person.
0: Um, I mean, we all agree and commend Kyle for ta- talking about white privilege, but what are the next steps? That allies should be taking in the fight for equality, Alyssa. As we wrap up this conversation,
3: right? I mean, I think the number one thing, or at least the starting point, is kind of what we're talking about right here. Is like you recognizing you don't know everything, and even if you are really woke, and even if you have dedicated your life to doing social justice, recognizing that there's always going to be something you don't know, and always keeping an open mind. For example, um, Stanley and I had a really important and serious conversation last week about you know something that. He felt that I needed to or that I may have had a blind spot about. And rather than, you know, being closed minded and trying to have an argument with him over it, I had to take a step back and to listen to what he had to say at the end of it. You know, I like that. That is part of it. You know, it's first taking a step back. And if somebody or a person of color who's your friend of yours is telling you that something you may have said or may have done um or people you might have been associating with was problematic to keep an open mind and listen to what they have to say and, and not have an argument with them over it. But then going beyond that, I think, you know, the, the piece that he wrote is a great piece, but it, it's not good enough to just write about it. You have to actually be taking concrete steps. And while there may be no direct checklist, there are things that you can actually be doing. Um, some of them I mentioned because our commenters gave us those, uh, um, but it's everything from as a white person talking to other white people, people and not just problematic racist white people talking to you're not in my backyard liberals talking to you know a barbecue Becky who voted for Obama twice but calls the cops on black people when she sees them barbecuing at the park um, you know about how that and why that is problematic and then it's also getting involved supporting organizations whether it's with your time or with your money depending on what your resources are um, and and that's just the tip of the iceberg obviously there's many other concrete solutions that I could sit here and, and tell you about and I will say if you're a white person and you want to know how to be an ally and get involved, reach out to me. Um, Hit me up on my Twitter. Hit me up on my Facebook. Hit me up on my Instagram. I've been working as a civil rights lawyer now for six years. Before that, I was a public defender. I'm happy to sit down with you and explain to you some concrete steps you can take to be a good ally. Stanley? I
1: would push back. Do not talk to Alyssa. Talk (laughs) to a black person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, of course, that
3: too. I'm I'm just saying white people reaching out to other white people aside from talking to black people. Yeah. So point
1: taken, um i guess i can talk to this to the frame of me trying to be an ally to women you like one of the things that i never want to stop being is uncomfortable in the space and skittish and what i mean by that is selena called me a feminist and i cringe i'm not a feminist i don't think i i mean some people would say i am i don't think i had that right because just as a male i've been dealt built up in a system that benefits me and i'm still trying to unlearn a lot of things And the best that I can ever be is a comrade. That means I have to show up. But that also means I'm going to mess up a lot. A lot, a lot. And I have to be cognizant of that and ready to check myself and ready to be checked. So what I want from my allies is that same kind of energy, but also the ability to, like, shut the hell up. For real. Like, shut the hell up. And then also, like, don't be afraid to, like, mess up because you will. But the goal is understanding you will mess up and waking up every single day trying to be better. And if you're doing that, you are a true ally, even when you do have shortfalls, because we all do.
0: Zachy, how would you quickly in, in 10
2: seconds yeah, encourage well, people? Well, really quick also, I want to say that, Stanley, if you're not a feminist, I'm not either because we <laughs> all have to unlearn you know, patriarchal views, right? And that's true for women too. We've been raised in that space. And so we all have to do some unlearning, right? And I think that's true to this conversation as well. I think that for allies, specifically for white allies, your allyship doesn't stop when you're not with your black friends anymore. And if anything, yep. it's, it's as important to when you're in white spaces, to demand that people are paying attention to call people out on their BS to call you know to address systems of inequality whether you're at work or in school or with your friends you know if you're hearing things or if you're viewing practices in your workplace that are clearly unjust you need to step up and use your voice to, to rectify that because you know you as, as having privilege you're the person that needs to use that privilege and wield it for good and for change
0: and I'll just end by saying this one of the most pow- powerful pieces and kyle's piece was when he said and i quote as white people are we guilty of the sins of our forefathers no i don't think so but are we responsible for them Yes, I believe we are. When he said that and he pretty much explained the difference between guilt and responsibility, automatically to me, that speaks to a conversation about reparations. Because if you want to take real responsibility about the decades, centuries of trauma and oppression that was caused through slavery, um, then we should be obviously... That, that should be come in the form of reparations. And I know that reparations is still a broadly unpopular topic, especially with white voters. But I think that if we understand and we can separate it from guilt, we have this thing called white guilt, right? We're not saying white people feel guilty for something your great-great-great-grandfather did or may not have been involved in. What we're saying is understand the, the severity of this issue and how it still affects us today and that one of the only ways to rectify this situation is through reparations and acknowledgement and that's something that we have yet to have gained on that note i want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to let your voice be heard we will see you again not next week but the following week yeah two weeks bye bye guys